0: You're listening to Dismissed, an international school Suva podcast series.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Dismissed. Today I am joined by Miss Shelley from the English department at ISS. We would like to welcome her into this episode and thank her for taking time to talk to us about literature.
0: Hi everybody, I'm very excited to be here today to talk about one of my favourite pastimes or hobbies and that is reading.
1: So Miss Shelley, first question, what would be some of your favourite books?
0: One of my favourite authors of all time is a relatively new author. He's really only been on the scene for about, I don't know, 10 years, and that's Matthew Riley. He's an Australian author who writes a lot of action-packed books that are real, a really good book to escape with in, in terms of getting away from you know, the real world for a little while and jumping into um, something that sort of like um, grabs your attention and takes you for a wild ride. One of his teenage-level books is called Hovercar Racer, uh, and we have a copy of that in the year six classroom. And it's about a young boy who enters a a number of hovercar races um, against competitors, uh, and it explores his relationships with those competitors and how he um, discovers himself and becomes a better person. So it's really cool.
1: So what would be your favorite book from him?
0: Oh, I can't really say. I mean, he writes a lot of adult books in terms of uh, action adventure books, but they um, they really are aimed at adult level. So I just love the way he writes. If I had to guess or if I had to say or pinpoint one, I would have to say the Jack West series in which there are seven books altogether, one that follows one after the other, and it's an epic tale. That um, that goes across all seven books. It's a bit like you know, like a Harry Potter series, or without all the magic and stuff. But uh, there's a there's that series that I think I really enjoyed reading. So the Jack West series.
1: Mm. I've never heard of it, but I'll sure check it out. Maybe after this.
0: Well, there are um, the library does have some of his books there. If uh, any of the secondary students are interested in reading what he some of his novels.
1: So would, like, most of his novel be, like, more for adults or young adults or kids?
0: Well, it's not so much that it's, like, anything that... I. Like, what I mean by action, I mean, some of the books may have, like, uh some profanity in it. So, I mean, you can't black that out. I mean, you shouldn't really black out anybody's writing in a book. And sometimes it, the action, you know... It's like if you're watching an action movie. Sometimes, you know, it it's, some of the scenes might be uh, a little difficult to read for the younger students. But you know, as you get older, say if you're interested in action adventure, these would be maybe some of the books I would be uh, suggesting or recommending.
1: Hmm. Nice. Would you say that there's any other books that you enjoyed?
0: Uh, I do enjoy, uh, well, it just depends. I, I like to read the blurbs on the back, but sometimes the blurbs on the back of a book don't really tell you how the story is really going to evolve. There's a lot of other books I like to read. Um, I like to read Kate Walker, who is another Australian author of young adult books. And why I like reading her book is because she deals with a lot of real-world problems. That teenagers face. Sometimes it's about the crazy things they do, sometimes it's about their foolishness and their vulnerability. It looks at exploring how their strength and courage, they're determined to discover who and what they are. And uh, I guess one of her books that demonstrated that to me the most was a book called Peter. And again, it really explored how this young teenager, I think he was 15, was exploring his sexuality and eventually identifies himself as being gay. So she writes about real world problems that teenagers face, so she, I enjoy reading some of her books.
1: Yeah, I quite agree with reading some of these books that talk about real world problems because usually when, like right now, we're probably going through some of these and once we've read about it, we know a little more about it, whereas it's just coming all new and confusing.
0: You know, that's one of the reasons I enjoy reading the most is because sometimes when you read uh, from an author's perspective, you get a different glance of how the world works. And sometimes when you're grappling with some of the issues that you grapple with as a teenager, or even as an adult, you know, sometimes reading books that sort of explore those real-world issues that you are most concerned about, they actually um, help you to better understand from a different perspective and can actually lead to a more understanding of yourself as a person. So, you know, sometimes that real life fiction is a way of uh, kind of like exploring things that you most need to explore.
1: Well, thank you, Michelle for sharing with us some of your favorite books. And if you could, if you liked what you heard, maybe check them out. Second question. What would be considered your favorite genre
0: who I don't really have a favourite genre. I like to read different genres and it really does depend on my mood. A bit my a bit more a bit like my fashion really. It depends on my mood is what colours I wanna wear. So sometimes I like to read action adventure, sometimes I like to read biographies, sometimes I'm in the mood to read romance, sometimes I'm in the mood to read about history. It really just depends on what I find, what captures my attention at the time.
1: So say it's been a long day, you've just come home from swimming and it's raining outside and you just made yourself a cup of coffee, what kind of books would you read?
0: Uh, Well, first of all, I would not drink coffee in the afternoon because that would just wake me up and I want to go to sleep at night. If I was to say that kind of day, I wouldn't read at all. I would meditate because my brain would be so tired, I would not be able to read what's on the page, and I'd be reading the same page two or three times. So you know what? If that kind of day happened, I would be in my hammock, meditating, listening to the birds, and watching the pine trees sway in the wind. Perhaps give me, perhaps give me another scenario, Choo Choo.
1: It's been a long day. You've done absolutely nothing productive, and you're just up so you want to read something to calm down what would you read
0: okay first of all if I had a day like that where I did nothing I would want to know why I need to read something to calm down because I would already be calm because I had done nothing that day however if I wanted to perk myself up I would read something that had humor in it so that I could like re-energize myself by laughing because laughing is a great uh, way of energizing yourself.
1: So humor as in 101 jokes about animals or like different?
0: No, no, not, not necessarily jokes. I mean, I I'm not, I'm not, um, don't read a lot of joke books, to be honest. I would read a novel that might have a, a thread of humor coming through it as part of the genre. So, I mean, there are books who fit within a humour genre where there's a lot more of that banter and between characters going on and you can connect through the humour between the characters. So i probably read something along those lines.
1: What's by far the funniest book that you have ever read? Oh,
0: gosh, Choo Choo, that wasn't in your list of questions. I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> I'd have to go back to all my books that I've ever read and find one. I'm sure there are some in my repertoire that I've read that I just, like, I would burst out laughing. But to be honest, I can't really think of them now.
1: Just think of humour and what's the first book that comes to mind?
0: Yeah, Captain Underpants. (laughs) Definitely Captain Underpants, like, totally funny. And Andy Griffith, another author that is, like, so funny. Uh, yeah, I would have to go with those two authors.
1: What's your favorite Andy Griffith's book?
0: Ooh, uh Just Tricking, maybe?
1: Which story?
0: Uh oh my goodness. Now you're getting into the nitty gritty here. <laughs> uh I'm curious. Well, I am too, obviously now. I know that I read Just Tricking oh, it would have been years ago, but I know it was so funny that I would just like I just picked it up out of a out of a whim in a bookstore and I read it and I just had to read it to my students so it was just like yeah uh but I couldn't tell you which story in particular sorry.
1: But you, you were sure it's in that book?
0: Yeah because I remember the front cover.
1: So speaking of these books what were some of your childhood books that like kind of changed the way you think maybe?
0: Uh I don't know about childhood books because you know when I was young you had the more traditional fairy tales and and things like that, it, you know, books weren't like they are today in terms of, you know, even childhood books deal with social issues and um, environmental issues, whereas in my day, oh, my God, I'm studying so much my mother now, in my day, that wasn't so much so much the case. So uh, I don't know that I would have had necessarily favourite books when I was young unless there were fairy tales and things that were common. But if you're talking about now... Then it's like the very hungry caterpillar is one of my favorites. The where the wild things are is one of my favorites. I love Jeannie Baker books. I just love the way she does her own artwork, uh, to create the the illustrations for her book and, and also the social issues she deals with. It's not just environmental issues. She actually deals with human social issues as well. I would love, I love her books because it's just like, so many. Mem Fox is another Australian author of picture books. I love her books as well. Yeah, there's just a lot.
1: So you're a big fan of picture books as well?
0: Oh yeah, man, you can get a lot out of picture books, I tell you. Like? Well, they deal with um, issues like loss. They deal with issues that, in a way, that young kids can be aware of them without it being too bogged down in the seriousness that you would get as you get older and start investigating these issues more closely in the older grade. I just find that there are a lot of life lessons that you can learn from picture books. And sometimes I use picture books in my teaching because, again, who doesn't like listen, like reading a picture book? I mean, the illustrations, they are bold, they stand out, they capture your attention. So, yeah, I love picture books.
1: Well, I, I do agree. I used to like them and then the the pictures they kind of just don't stand out as much to me because I'm old and I'm wise, you know, I've grown up.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm sorry to say, I totally disagree with you.
1: Well, picture books, you know, they don't have much words. They're just But they
0: don't need to. This is where visual text come into play, choo choo. And using using visual text to help readers to visualize concepts. I mean, you know, look at design as a subject. You visualize a product and you make it happen. Picture books visualize concepts as well, and they get people thinking about those concepts and about those issues and then how they can take action. So I think picture books are awesome.
1: Well, Michelle, I can tell you that, you know, those novels with no pictures, they can be very vivid as well, you know? Yes. The descriptions of colour
0: and shapes. That is true. That is true. So I reckon there's a place for both.
1: But do I win this argument?
0: No, you don't.
1: Oh. (laughs) Okay. Moving on to next question.
0: Okay. If you were to look at some of the, the texts that have influenced my reading. I would say that one would be poetry from the Romantic era, which is like eons ago. And one of the poems that most influenced me uh, or inspired me to enjoy poetry, I guess, was a poem called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And this poem was written by a very famous English poet. His name was Samuel Coleridge. And it's an epic poem that sweeps over the span of weeks and months as this man travelled from one country to another and he talks about the experiences in his life. And actually what's interesting about this poem is that some of the idioms that we use today actually came from this poem. So idioms are like sayings that we use to try and describe life, if you like. There's one idiom that is stated like like an albatross around my neck So what happened was that the author who is telling the story in the poem, he he was actually a hunter and he shot an albatross and he felt so guilty about it. It was that guilt stayed with him for the longest time. So that became an idiom, an albatross around my neck, as if to describe the burden that people face and that they carry on their shoulders. You know, when you're looking at poetry from the old English times, if you like, some of those poems, those epic poems, actually influence what we say or what we use in English language today. So they're worth studying and of course as you get into the higher grade you're you're going to be exposed to a lot more of that type of writing. So it's worth studying and in really pulling apart how the writing of yesteryears influences us today. So that's that's something I thought might be interesting to share with the listeners of this podcast.
1: So would you say that you are a big fan of old English literature?
0: I'm not overly a big fan of it. Um, I'm not a real huge fan. There are certain aspects of literature from yesteryears that I do enjoy reading, poetry being mostly along those lines, that particular type of writing. There are some things that I would not enjoy reading, but it's interesting to study if you learn within the study about how to interpret the language then it becomes really interesting in how writers thought in those times and how what was happening around them in their world at that time was influencing the way they wrote pretty much like us today i mean what happens around the world or what's happening in the world around us can influence the way we write what we write about how we feel about what we write about Mm -hmm. i mean those are skills that don't die. They're not new.
1: Well, I'm very glad you think that way about old English literature because I have no patience for them
0: at all. Well, you know what? Reading is subjective to interest, perspective, and that's okay. I reckon as long as you're reading and enjoying reading, uh, what you read comes down to interest. And yeah, I mean, everybody's different. It's just like Everyone has different interests in the types of movies they watch or the types of hobbies they enjoy. If we didn't have those differences, then I don't think we would have what makes us human. And that's the ability to think and think differently.
1: Mm -hmm. That's very deep. I agree. Maybe you are getting wise too. Wow, you think I'm getting wise. Unlike
0: the wise person that you are, I am learning from you, Choo Choo.
1: Everyone is different, I'm sure.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Okay, oh, wise one, what's your next question?
1: My next question is, is there any book or book series that you have read and you've hated it so much?
0: Okay, you know what? If there was a book series that I hated, I would not read it. I normally try to give the book the benefit of the doubt by reading to at least page 100. If I still can't engage with the story, then I tend not to finish the book.
1: No, like, what if it's it's a good book, but, like, the way it turned out or, like, how the characters are, what the characters are doing or what they are is just really annoying, and you can't believe that happened. Oh. You know? So, in that
0: case, then, yeah, I would probably be annoyed, but there's a lesson to learn in that because, you know, again, it comes down to even characters can mirror the individuality of, human beings in real life so you know your expectations of other people are not always going to pan out the way you expect it to be so even our characters in our books sometimes the unexpected happens and you think oh my goodness why did that character do that can they not see that this this and this is happening or oh my goodness what was the author thinking about killing off this character that was my favorite character I mean of course you're going to have moments like that but then you use them as a learning opportunity
1: true is has that ever happened to you
0: oh my goodness like a lot almost to the, i think almost to the point i think but i can't remember what book it was so please don't ask me i think when i was young i even wrote to an author asking <laughs> them to explain why did you do this mind you i was very young at the time
1: did the, the author reply
0: unfortunately no Ah, huh. i know Those are part of life's disappointments. I I can share another series that I did enjoy, though. Mm -hmm. And this series is actually also in the Year 6 Classrooms, and I think they might be in the library. And that's the Conspiracy 365 series. It's a mystery action-adventure series about this teenage boy who wants to um, find out what's happened to his parents. And it spans the course of a year. So each book hones in on a month of the year and what's happening to this kid in that month so it's really cool it's a lot of a lot of um action in it so they're in the library if you want to read them it's they're really cool books and i would recommend you read them especially if you're looking for something to read over the summer break
1: um moving on is there anything you would like to talk about would you like to shout out anyone
0: Do you want me to shout
1: at somebody? No, like uh, shout out anyone. Like uh, you could mention your mother in here. Hi, mum. But you know
0: what I was thinking? I would encourage everybody to continue to read. It doesn't have to be a physical book because most books you can get online now. But read, read, read. You become a better writer the more you read.
1: What if they don't want to be a writer?
0: Okay, so Chuchu, I'll just share a secret with you. Oh, okay. You have another four years of writing ahead of you. That's true. Exactly. The more you read, the better the writer you will be over the next four years.
1: (sighs) Next four years. Oh, dear.
0: And then who knows if you go on to further studies or you end up being in a career that expects you to write, well then, guess what? Reading will make you a better writer.
1: Have you written any books or anything?
0: Have I written any books?
1: Like books or like websites, blogs?
0: No, not really. I don't know that that side of reading and writing excites me. Although I did actually write an article about poetry that was published in one of the university journals, but that was like donkeys years ago. Back in your time? Back in my time. Oh, Choo Choo, you are learning fast. <laughs> exactly. I am wise. That is true. You did say that from the beginning. You are very wise. I don't know, though, that wise is necessarily linked to learning quickly, though.
1: Would you say I have plenty of wisdom?
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you want to be a wise person?
1: I am already very wise.
0: Okay, if you say so. But, you know, that is really under, um, that's very subjective and open to interpretation.
1: You can ask anyone, they'll tell you, I'm very wise.
0: Okay, I'm going to talk to your mum on Monday and I'll ask her, is your daughter Choo very wise? And let's see what she says.
1: I'm just going to go bribe her now, don't mind me. <laughs> oh
0: dear. All right, so let's do our closing
1: remarks. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing some insights into her reading experiences with us today. You have certainly given us some food for thought about what we could possibly add to our reading list. Stay tuned for the next episode, and be sure to go to Spotify to listen to others' interviews and various topics. We hope you have a great day, and until next time, you are dismissed.